Well, good morning to you. This is Pastor Dan again with God Talk and starting a new message today called Steepen the Curve. I and many others are known as grace preachers. Sometimes we get criticized for not talking enough about the life. We just talk about grace, forgiveness for sins, free grace. God accepts us as we are. What about transformation. We're supposed to be changed, become like Christ. And what about works? All those kinds of questions. So let's uh, let's get started with that. Anyway, hope you're having a great day. May God bless you and uh, your day. Thank you for taking a few minutes to uh, think about this today. I uh, start this message off with just a crazy statement. I decided I wasn't going to give my sons grace anymore for years. For years, I gave my sons grace in sports because they were young and small and I could easily win. I would give them three points for every basket and I would get one and I could still win. I could win one against two and I could play soccer or basketball or tennis or any game against them and uh, it was easy to win. But the other day, after a thousand straight games, they beat me in racquetball. So from now on, no more grace. No more giving any cheap points, no more easy serves. Now they have to earn everything. Just having a little fun, but uh, what people are worried about is what is called cheap grace. That people will somehow take advantage of grace, that God gives us forgiveness and we're free, and uh, now we don't have to worry about the details, and we can live crazy lives, sin and get away with it, and people can do anything they want. R.C. Sproul tells a story about a young professor who's teaching uh, Old Testament class for 250 students. So they told everybody at the beginning of the class there will be three papers. They're due at noon, September 30, October 30, November 30, unless somebody had died. If you're late, you get an F on the paper. September 30, 225 people had theirs in on time, 25 are late. Scared to death, begging for grace. Okay, he's a young teacher. All right, better not happen again. October 30, 200 were done. 50 now were late, all begging for grace. They, oh, teacher, we've got midterms. Okay, okay. They all are singing praises to him. You're the best. November 30, now only 150 are done. 100 are late. Now nobody's terrified. He says, where's your papers? Oh, no problem, professor. We'll have it done in a couple days. He got out of his black book. John, your paper done? No. F. That's not fair. Oh, you want justice? Were you late last time too? Yes. Okay, F for that one too. The kids had become accustomed to grace. They assumed that there was going to be grace, and so then they didn't worry about getting the paper done on time. Professor's a great guy. He'll cut us some slack. And that's what people are afraid of with God, is that somehow if we take this grace thing too far, people will begin to slack off and anything goes. So what do you think? Well, on the other side, there's these grace stories. South Africa, someone kills a boy. In the court, the mother forgives them, and they sing Amazing Grace. You're going to go start kill more people after someone forgives you? How could you do that? Les Miserables, the famous story where the thief steals the silver from the bishop's house. He gets caught, but the bishop forgives him. And he says, hey, you forgot the candlesticks, and gives him the candlesticks too, just because of grace. And then he whispers into the ear, you promised to be a good person. He hadn't promised, but he said so. And he didn't steal anymore, and he became the mayor of the town. What about the firm? It's a movie and a book by John Gresham. 
Tom Cruise is a young lawyer, but uh, he makes a mistake. He goes down to the Caribbean. A lady seduces him and makes one terrible mistake. Wife finds out about it, leaves. But at the end of the movie, she realizes he's a pretty good guy. And she comes back and she forgives him. Now he's gotten grace. He's going to go have affairs all the time, or as he say, no more. What comes next after grace? There's first stage grace we call justifying grace, forgiving grace, saving grace, imputed grace. Now what about second stage grace, where God wants to change our life, and where we call it keeping grace, where it takes a lifetime, sanctifying grace, imparted grace. How long does it have to take? to become a better person. Buddhists believe in reincarnation. It can take maybe 60,000 lives before you're finally good enough to go into their heaven, which is nirvana. We say in one life, you can become a godly, righteous person like Christ. The Bible says the goal is to be like Christ. Romans 8:29. God decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as his son. Colossians 1.15, we look at the sun and we see God's original purpose. So how long? Noah, 700 years old, <laughs> gets drunk. Abraham, 120 years. Moses, it took 40 years out in the wilderness to knock off the rough edges, be ready to be a leader. But he still made mistakes. It took the Israelites 70, 40 years to walk around the desert to be ready to cross over into the promised land. Jacob had to work 20 years before he wrestled with God that night. It took him 20 years to build the Taj Mahal. Mother Teresa spent her whole life praying and working for God in the communities of the poor. But her diaries show she was still struggling with her doubts until the very end. And there are studies that show the Christians aren't doing much better than the rest of the world on a whole list of sins. Why? C.S. Lewis said, if you think we're bad now, think what we would have been without Christ. <laughs> but then you think about Peter. He's a fisherman. He drops everything. He follows Christ. But he's still arguing about who was greatest. He tried to walk on water, but couldn't. Tried to do miracles, but he couldn't. Jesus finally says, get thee behind me, Satan. And he denies Christ. But 50 days later, Peter's the number one apostle. He's preaching with so much power, they baptized 3,000 people in one afternoon. He's doing miracles. He's walking out of jail to go free. And he gets two books in the Bible. 50 days. 50 days from denying Christ to being a superstar in Christ. How long does it take? So this is uh, enough for today. Bear with us as we join in our study of transformational grace. What does it mean for Jesus to come into our lives so that we can live differently, live alive? People expect if you're going to claim that you're a follower of Jesus, that that should be different than the rest of the people where we live and work. Is it? And if it isn't happening, why is it not happening? And what can we do to really be more like Christ. Be with you tomorrow. God bless you. See you then.